This is Musically Cogitating, a show asking and answering important questions about music, the people who make it, and discussing about how all of that continues to impact the way that you and I go throughout our daily lives. If this is your first time, or if you've listened to every episode of this podcast so far, welcome. I am your host, Siad Wells. Thank you for joining me here today. I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review for this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchasers. It would mean so, so much to me. Thank you. If I have anything to share with you, it will be linked in the show notes, as always. Now, we're continuing going through taking a tour of the magical musical places that exist in our lives and this week the the place that we're going to explore the topic at hand is a bit of a deep cut but it's one that I'm really really excited about making and I wanted to talk about music libraries and for the sake of argument we'll, we'll talk about all libraries a little bit slightly maybe but I really want to focus on music libraries libraries that exist to be repositories for music and I think that they're just really really important I wish that there were more musical libraries in the world in the way that there are you know just a lot of regular libraries and of course regular libraries our community libraries they do have a lot of stuff and they do have music but their collections are not made up of you know reference materials that are only music specific or anything like that and the like the librarians in regular libraries aren't trained to be music librarians like music librarianship is a completely different thing as it should be because it's it's really specific music is really specific when you when you talk about you know like cataloging and information and sharing and and all that sort of stuff so i think that more of them should exist in the world like we need to support more of these and i don't think that libraries are necessarily an endangered species yet in my community here in Austin, the library is like a really well respected institution and a community gathering place, but I know that not everyone has access to a library to use. But if you do have access to a library, please use it. And if you don't have access, advocate for one in your community and you know going to the library isn't the only way to engage with the library so most libraries have digital holdings now so you can check out ebooks and magazines and newspapers and audiobooks i know that probably one of my most used apps on my phone is the library app uh, libby because i spend so much time just looking up books and then using it to listen to audiobooks and things like that so libraries do exist online so think about you know using that if you're not able to physically go to the library because that's still 
interacting and being part of your community library. And libraries also have lots of programs. I've played many a concert in libraries and those are some of my favorite kinds of concerts to play. So I would definitely say, you know, support your library as much as you can, even if you're not someone who would consider themselves to be a reader, you can still interact and be engaged with your local community library. Now that my PSA for libraries is over, I'm going to go back to talking about music libraries specifically. So yeah, like I said, I wish that more of them existed the ways in the way that regular libraries do. And I think in the way sort of that record stores exist, which, you know, both of these places, record stores and and music libraries hold lots of information, but of course their purposes and their functions and their outcomes for existing are very, very different. So they're not the same, but I guess I wish they existed at the frequency. Like I would love it if my, one of my local record stores, cause there are many, <laughs> one of their, my local record stores became like a music library and I could just check stuff out or I could ask questions that were, you know, like super specific to the thing that I'm trying to find or what, you know, that I'm trying to locate. So that would be really really cool of course that's a pipe dream you know I don't know maybe maybe one day I'll open up my own music library is that possible can someone just decide that they want to open a library and I'm not talking about you know a a little neighborhood library uh, that you know people can go like a free a free library I'm not I'm not saying exactly that I'm saying like a real library where you can go in and check out things and people have cards you know I don't know if someone can start that but I'm gonna do some research into that for sure <laughs> music libraries don't exist at the same frequency as regular libraries as I've discussed but music libraries typically exist on college campuses and as you can probably guess from what I have said so far, music libraries typically hold books, scores, recordings, um, usually a first edition, handwritten things as well. So I, I mean scores as like sheet music. And, you know, again, like regular libraries, music libraries are repositories for lots of lots of lots of information about, yes, music and of course like the tagline for the show, the people (laughs) who make it. And some of the information or or some of the items rather that are at music libraries are in circulation. So that means that you can check them out. And then a lot of the things that they hold there are not for circulation, but you can still use them, you know, while you are visiting the library. And I think that that music libraries are so so important for the music community because it because it is where so much music continues to live there are so many things that i have researched because i spend a lot of time looking for really obscure musical things and there there will be many times where i will go into worldcat which is like this really big digital online database and i'll go search something that i want to check out or i want to see if it exists and sometimes that one thing that i want 
will only exist in one library in the entire world. Of course, according to this database, which is probably not exactly complete, but it's close. So for the sake of right now, we're just going to say that it exists in one library in the world. And, you know, so imagine if that library didn't continue to hold on to that copy of that score, right? Like the music literally would not exist anymore. And this is the case for so, so much music. And of course, you know, I'm typically researching or thinking about or trying to find something that is really obscure classical music. But this is true for all kinds of music libraries. Music libraries hold music of all kinds, all genres and things like that. Some of them even hold instruments. So they are really just the keepers in a, in a positive way, right? I'm not saying that they are the gatekeepers of music, but they are, they have the, the knowledge, they are the people who take the score and they make sure that, you know, sunlight doesn't get on it or the, the oils from your hands when you're touching it or making sure that you don't, you know, leave your coffee cup on top of it. Like these music libraries are important. And before going to college, I had never really been to a music library because of course they don't really exist everywhere. You could live in a town that has a a library system, but that doesn't have a university. So you don't have access to a music library. I did live in a town that had a music library, but I never went because that's just kind of, you know, most of the music libraries are occupied by people who are doing like music research and students at the university, not necessarily people who are neither of those things. And so I just never went until, you know, I went away to college and I was able to go to the music library. And a large part of why I was able to go is because it was in the music building. So it was really accessible. It's not always true that the music library is in the music building, but in a lot of campuses, it is is like that. And so, you know, the first time going into the music library, I would say that's when my obsession really began. And I remember walking in and seeing just stacks and stacks and stacks and drawers, yes, drawers of CDs and tapes and LPs. And yeah, you know, CDs, because I love CDs. I, I think it's the file format. Um, ordained by the most high but there were so many cds and i remember going up to the the desk and asking the music librarian you know if i could check these things out because i i wasn't really sure you know again some libraries have it where you can't check out certain items and so that's totally fine they they usually have listening stations set up so that you can go and still listen to the cds and things like that while you are in the library but I wasn't sure so I went and asked if I could check them out and take them out of the library and when they said yes I began instantly checking out you know like that the limit was 10 so I would check out like 10 CDs at a time and then I of course take them back to my dorm room and I would do things that you're not supposed to do with CDs so I won't mention that here but I would, you know, take them back to my dorm room and I would, I would just consume, consume these things sort of obsessively again. And I remember the first thing that I checked out was a copy of, uh, 
Bach Chaconne for piano, which was played by Arthur Rubinstein. And I, it was, it was like this transformative moment for me because on a Friday evening during my first semester, my first year of college, I sat in my dorm room and I was listening to this music and the CD and it was just a really interesting moment to be able to have and discover that I had access to all of this music and these resources. And this was really important for me the music library as a, a positive institution was important for me because going to music school, it, it can it can really feel like you are instantly behind from the moment that you register and you go into your first theory class. It's really easy to feel like everyone around you is not only better than you at your instrument, but it also feels like they know more, right? They know all the compositions, they know the performers, they know the arrangements, they know the orchestras, they've been to see all of these people, they know these people. And so you don't really enter music school on sort of an equal playing field like you might in some other types of majors. And so you're constantly fighting against this feeling of being behind and you're doing almost everything that you can to catch up. So for me, one of the ways to do that was, you know, going to concerts and performances and reading. But the main way was to really use the music library to learn all that I felt like I needed to learn. So I would go there and check out scores and books and CDs and just absorb as much as I can so that I would be able to talk to my friends about the things that they already knew. And, you know, like talking to my friends wasn't the only reason. I wanted to be a better artist and musician. So I used the library as a tool to be able to do that. And even in this time where so much information is available online, I would still use the music library as much, if not more, than I did because it is just hands down the best place to find something that is music related and there's only one person who I know he used the music library more than, than me and that's my duo partner uh, Jamie and I think between the two of us when we were both students at the University of Louisville we probably checked out every guitar score that was in that that library and there was just so much there like I always had something checked out and if the library didn't have what I wanted because you know like I said not every library has everything you want I would use interlibrary loan which is you know sort of like my permanent best friend <laughs> to borrow the thing that I wanted to borrow and interlibrary loan is when you can essentially check out a book that another library has they will send it to you you can use it for a period of time and you can send it back it's not a system that is usually easy to navigate but it's definitely something that I learned very early on how to do and so I would really really use that a lot I mean I would have stacks and stacks of like ILL items I think I'm willing to bet that at the last school I went to I use ILL probably as much as or more than most people <laughs> so you know it was just something that I i really took ad advantage of and I I hope that more people 
you know, to see and understand that music libraries are important, that they are sort of these, these magical places where music continues to live and breathe, even if no one is playing it. Like the existence of the music being kept up and available is, is making it relevant and important. And I wanted to say also, you know, like what makes a good music library because they're not all created equal (laughs) and I would say that it's it's the ability for you to find what you're looking for but also find things that you are not looking for so not every you know library has the same amount of money dedicated to you know finding new things but if they they do then the library is probably going to be better because it has things that you're looking for and also things that are adjacent to what you're looking for and I am a person who will go into a library and sort of just walk around and then pick up stuff I rarely go to the library with an idea of what I'm going to get I prefer to go to the music library and to my you know regular local library here And to just get things that pop out at me. Now, this is a little bit more difficult in a music library because the scores, you can't always see what the scores look like. And there's not really ever a cover. So you're just kind of going on like the name of a thing. And then you you flip it open and you see like, is this piece easy? Is this piece hard? does this piece have guitar? You know, they, there are all these things that sort of go through your mind as you're deciding if you're going to check something out from a music library, because I'm not going to check out something for oboe because I don't play the oboe. I play the guitar. So I'm going to stick to the guitar things, but you know, a good music library can really pique your interest in that way. And I think a good music library is also one that is able to, again, because they have the access to the finances to be able to do so, they're updating their collection a lot and getting a lot of new CDs and a lot of new scores and things like that. And I think also a, a good music library has good people who are really knowledgeable and can really help you out which is really hard you know being a librarian is really hard I don't know what that's like I did work in a library for a while uh but I was not a librarian (laughs) I'm not a librarian so I know it's hard in general and kudos hats off to all of the librarians out there but a good music library is you know also has good music librarians and so that's that's something that's really important of course music libraries aren't the only places where you can get music from a library like regular libraries they do have scores they do have cds they do have books about music and they don't have as much obviously because they can't hold everything but they are doing their best so i just wanted to to reiterate that music libraries are special because they have music and they hold so many possibilities there's so much knowledge there's so much music that that just can't be found anywhere else and 
there's a reason that a lot of the music that we know and love is the music that we know and love and it's part because of music libraries and music librarians and advocates for the existence of these places within our society so if it's accessible to you i highly recommend going to a music library you know you don't always have you don't necessarily have to be a student or affiliated with the university to check something out a lot of music libraries have community borrowing programs for just regular community members like you and me to go check something out so i highly highly recommend at least you know wandering into one and seeing what it's all about and i hope that you feel the the specialness of the music library as well since this is a show about music i wanted to recommend something for you to listen to and this week i am recommending johnny swim by Johnny Swim, which is their latest and newest self-titled release. And they are a husband and wife duo that I just really, really love and am, am sort of obsessed with. And I have seen them in concert, so that is also fun. But it's just really, really great. So they're also really great to follow on social media if you do that sort of thing. And they have a great YouTube channel as well. They, they do like these backyard concerts and I really appreciate that they seem to be really in control of their music and their career and they want to have, they want to have input and say, not everybody wants to, but they seem to, to want to and have that. So that's really important and kind of nice. Don't forget to follow the podcast on social media and the website and to sign up for the newsletter. If you're listening again on any of these Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchasers, Good Pods, any of these podcast players that have reviews, I would really appreciate it if you left me one. And if it's positive, great. And if it's not so positive, that's great too. I'm always looking to make the show better. And you can always support using the various links in the show notes. So that's all I have for you this week. I'll be back soon with the next episode of the Musically Cogitating Podcast. Until then.